Let's go to the New Testament. First Timothy. I've got a few minutes extra time here, and I'm going to need it today. First Timothy chapter 1. And then go to Titus chapter 2. We're going to look at the biblical truth of you're a pattern. You're a pattern. 1 Timothy 1. Paul writes and says, Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern. If you've got somebody in your family or your boss that's mean and cigar, and you think that guy will never get saved, Paul said, use me as a pattern. Here was a guy that hauled people out of church into the street, and many of them he killed. And yet God saved that man, used that man to write two-thirds of the New Testament, and he said, use me as a pattern. If I can be saved, anybody in your family can be saved. If I can be saved, your boss can be saved. Can I get a witness on that? Amen. Somebody show me faith, and, and really, you really got to have an amazing amount of faith to, to say that. How many said, believes that? Amen? Amen? Amen. For a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now, go to Titus. Titus chapter number 2, verse number 7. I see the Culpepper's here today. John and Missy, awesome. Good to have you here. And uh, they're going to have a little Culpepper here one of these days. Yeah, awesome, awesome. All right, Timothy chapter 2, verse number 7. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. You're a pattern. You're a pattern. Get that in your mind. You are a pattern. Father, I ask and pray this morning for your amazing power and might through your Holy Spirit to be evident on what's going to be said and done here this day, and we'll give you praise ahead of time for that. In Jesus' name, amen. In John chapter 13, the words of our Savior are these. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done unto you. Jesus, the ultimate pattern for us to believe and to show forth our life saying, I want to be like, not Mike, I want to be like Jesus. Last year I read two books by Mark Stein, and in one of them, those books, he delves into the psyche and the thinking of Arab people and how that for thousands of years they have thought this kind of, of thought. He said a uh, term that bin Laden has used numerous times is if there's a strong horse and a weak horse, I bet on the strong horse. And he said it's just a mindset that is rampant throughout Arab. Uh, the Arabian uh, idea is any person that shows weakness any person that is willing to compromise, they will step on that person. If there's a strong horse and a weak horse, 
we'll go with the strong horse. There's a Middle Eastern proverb and a story about Cain and Abel to where, and it's just strictly nothing in the Bible, it's just strictly a, a saying that they have used for thousands of years to where Cain wanted to kill Abel but didn't know how to go about it. And he was out in the field one day talking about this, talking to himself about how angry he was at, at Abel and how that he wanted to kill him. And he saw the devil pick up a rock and throw it at a wolf and hit the wolf in the head and killed it. And then the devil turned and looked at Cain and said, that's how you do it. A pattern. A pattern. That is a pattern for evil. If there's a pattern for evil, thank God, there's a pattern for good. And we as the church of Jesus today can grab a hold of a pattern that is good. First Peter chapter 5 said, be an example to the flock. Timothy, in, in Timothy 4, Paul writes, be an example to believers. In James chapter 5, take the prophets as an example. Romans chapter 12, don't be conformed to this world. Don't be patterned after this world. A pattern, a model, an example. Something that I used a few Wednesday nights ago was about my brother-in-law, and it always fascinated me when I would go to the uh, garment factory to see Kay, and uh, Brad, her brother, was there working, and his job was to cut the fabric. And if you think he's cutting the fabric with a pair of scissors, that's the wrong thinking. He's got fabric that is layered this thick. And he has got a pattern that is over that with little, uh, what is it? Pins. What is it? Stick pins. Little stick pins that's holding that pattern perfectly in place, and then he's got this huge apparatus that is razor sharp, and it just goes over that stack of cloth, and just every one of them is just exactly what that pattern was. And then I remember uh, uh, Karen Wason. She done exactly the same job. I remember she had that job at one time. It is a pattern, and everything else looked exactly like what was on the top side of that as a pattern. They followed a pattern. Here at Orchardville Church, all the way from the nursery, all the way through to the modified youth, there are adults that are in those, in those ministries, and thank God, every child from the youngest all the way to the oldest teenager we've got, they have a pattern before them that they can see, this is how I need to live my life. Let me read this, and this is pretty shocking to you. And for those of you that are number people, I will tell you how many that there are, some total. Let me find that. 269 people at Orchardville Church, including Centralia Branch, that the young people, thank God, can pattern their life after. They are Stephen and Becky Allen, Juanita Arbuckle, Courtney Atwood, Sherry Bear, Shim and Jill Barger, Carol Best, Ryan and April Best, Gretchen Biggerstaff, Janet Borton, Ashley Bowles, Misty Boyd, Kim Braddock, Amy Britton, Heather Brom, Cindy Brookman, Mitchell and Brittany Buds, 
Mabel Bullard, Jordan Benara, man, a lot of Bs here, Vicki Burgess, Jason and Ellen Byers, Kristen Colwell, Dalton Campbell, Alan and Carrie Carr, Jeff Cottle, Shelly Clark, Connie Cook, Angie Craddock, Dan Crunk, Meg Dickey, Joe and Jennifer DiMaggio, Dallas and Heather Dury. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Taylor Essman, LaDonna Ewing, Hannah Fox, Christine French, Carrie Gammon, Dan and Sherry Gill, Misty Gill, Samantha Gill, Kimberly Gordon, Darren and Jody Greenwald, Terry and Julie Hall, Mackenzie Harrison, Patty Harrison, Rodney and Gloria Hawkins, Marcia Heipel, Nicole Henson, Jan Herman, Mary Ann Herman, Jeff and Tammy Hurtenstein, Carissa Hurtenstein, Logan Hurtenstein, Earl Eber, Richard and Amy Hooper, Pat Horton, Wes and Cassie Hutchcraft, Shayna Hutchins, Rebecca Isle, Chuck Johnston, Sean and Terry Johnston, Darren and Rhonda Kinchlow, Dylan Kinchlow, Miranda Kinchlow, Sam and Ruth Kessler, Jeremy and Andrea Cohn, Melinda Kuntz, Josh and Jenny Kuntz, Caleb Kuntz, Wanda Lawler, Kyle Lawson, uh, Brent Legg, Andrea Lewis, Amanda Loker, Justine Loker, Kevin and Teresa Lowe, Cody Lowe, Derek and Stacey Mays. That's a lot of people here. Angie McMean, Jordan McMean, Taylor McMean, Terry and Jessica Mindendorf, Mark and Jennifer Miller, Tara Milner, Liz Moult, Leighton Moult, Sierra Moult, Kitty Mooney, Jennifer Musgrave, Jan Natier, Roger and Lori No, Dodie Payne, Samantha Payne, David Pierce, Kaylee Pierce, Raymond and Chris Pearson, Western Potter, Judy Sizzlekowski, Lacey Wint Renfro, Taylor Renfro, Gary and Nina Reitenauer, Tamar Riley, Diana Robertson, Todd and Renee Robertson, Ryan and Amy Robinson, Taylor Schubert, uh, Ryan and Angie Scott, Christopher Sh uh, Scott, Drew Scott, Karen and Eric Seals, Dylan Sharp, Vince and Missy Sharp, Sharon Sharp, Shelby Sharp, Jaden Shell, Karen Short, Carol Sledge, Sh Cheryl Smith, Tracy Smith, Rick and Laura Sorensen, Sam Sorensen, Sarah Stanford, Jeremy and Vadon Strout, Pam Sullins, Audrey Taylor, Joy Taylor, Andy Thomason, Miles Thomason, Tony and Gina Thomason, Tyler Thomason, Curtis and Rachel Thompson, Aronda Tucker, Debbie Villalobo, Debbie Villalobos, Randy and Valerie Vincent, Rebecca Vincent, Debbie Walker, Karen Wason, Sandy Webb, Amy Wells, Trenton Wells, Rebecca West. Chris Williams, Carrie Williams, Gina Everly, Ever Wimberly, uh, Eva Wimberly, uh, Jeremy Witter, Gina Woodward, Stacy Ziegler, Deborah Zerini. Wait a minute. <laughs> now, Centralia Branch, Sean and Gina Ashlock, Lisa Becker, Lori Beer, Morgan Belcher, Julie Brake, Judy Briscoe. Julie Brake, Judy Briscoe, Donna Cochran, Kathy Cook, Robin Correll, Ashley Crane, uh, Abby Criley, Goldie Crosby, John and Missy Culpepper. One's having a baby. Uh, Kelsey Doza, Luann Draghi, Linda Dunn, Mabel Folsom, Patty Grody, Sean Hartman, Katie Hartman, Tammy Hensley, uh, Tony Hildebeidel, Nancy Hawking, Sheila Horton, Brandon Huggins, Lisa Jones, Augusta Jude, uh, Molly Knott, Crystal uh, Coles, uh, Nicole Lawson, Mitch Martin, Drew McLean, Jeff and Jennifer McLean, Steve McLean, Zach McLaughlin, uh, Clayton Medina, Sherry Medina, Chelsea Miller, Bobby and Aaron Mooney, Robin Morris, Stephanie and Tom Murphy, Taylor Murphy, Risa Knapp, Debbie Opoloni, uh, Melanie Parcells, uh, Brenda Pease, Michael Filial, Lindsay Robinette, Tyler Rollinson, Paula Ross, April Sotkamp, 
uh, Malia Sanders, John Scattergood, Alan and Trina Schneider, C.J. Schneider, Teresa Shaffron, uh, Dave Shaw, Emily Shallon, uh, Margie Simpson, Pam Skabinski, Jason and Angie Smith, Michael Smith, Lucas Stanfield, uh, Lacey Tate, Deborah to uh, uh, uh how does it? No, is it Tolly? I'm gonna go with Tolly. Uh, Bart and Mariana Tanyas. Uh, Devin Tanya, Stephen Jennifer Upchurch, Amy Verbal, uh, Billy, Wath uh, Billy Wathen, Kathy Watson, Haley White, Nick Wilkin, and Ryan and Janie Zimmerman. 269 people in total. And people tell me and gripe to me from time to time, you know what, or, or you just need to preach longer. I hear that, of all things. Who would ever hear, oh, you need to preach a little bit longer in your services. You don't need to matter how long the services last. 269 people that volunteer, I want them to volunteer next week too. Jeremy Stroud said last year sometime, I believe it was, on a Wednesday night, he made mention that, that Patty Robertson, where's Patty at? I seen her earlier. Patty Robertson up there in the balcony, that Patty Robertson would go by and pick up Jeremy Stroud when he was a small kitty boy and, uh, and pick him up and take him to vacation Bible school. And guess what? Now Jeremy Stroud is a grown man and he is blessing kids too. He's had a pattern. Thank God for a pattern. Thank God, Patty, for picking that little boy up. Praise God. Everybody here has had patterns in your life, and you've got to choose which pattern you're going to follow after. My grandpa, big man, man, I, it's huge to me. I mean, when I was a kid, I called grandma up about two years ago, and because I just remember grandpa just, you know, just being this big guy and having this big belly and just laughing big and doing everything big and. I called Grandma up one time, and I said, Grandma, I just want to know, how, how heavy was Grandpa Warren? And she said, Mark, I think the heaviest he ever was was 250. I'm telling you, that crushed me. <laughs> I couldn't, I was expecting her to say 300 pounds. I'm thinking, I outweigh my Grandpa by 30 pounds. How can that be? What's these little kids think of me? Oh, I can remember him rolling his own, smoking them Burl Bull Durhams and you know, doing, doing all that. And he could do that blindfold. He'd put that in there, lick that, and he'd roll that and smoke that. And then he would sit out on the porch, on the porch swing, and cough his head off. <laughs> and I thought, I don't want to do that. And then my grandma, for all my life, that woman has been going to church, and she would, even uh, back years ago, was a song leader at church, and I'd watch her do that, and I thought, hey, I'm going to go to church. I'm not going to cough my silly head off. So as a pattern, we all have a person that we can look up to. And again, I want to say thank God for every person that spends time with these youth, whether they are in diapers or whether they are teens that know it all. Thank God that you're willing to spend time there with them. <clears throat> Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. We don't really fully get that. 
You talk to any missionary that's been to a third world country and they can clue you in on that far better than we know. Because those little kids are filthy dirty. You know, we've all seen the picture of Jesus with a little kid sitting on his lap and everybody just looks just crystal pure as a wind-driven snow. Everything is just perfect. They don't have a dirt clod on them. There's not a smudge on them. That wasn't the reality there. The reality is they was a filthy, smelly mess. That was the reality. And Jesus said, bring them to me anyway. And man, I look at that the same way as the church at, at large. The idea that everybody's got to get cleaned up and living right before they go to church. Who come up with that idea? You don't find that in the Bible. We're to reach whoever they are. It don't matter if they smell or not. It don't matter if they don't rise to our social uh, uh, level or not. God says we're to reach them right exactly where they're at. Now, number one, the church is to be a pattern. 1 Thessalonians, the Thessalonian church in chapter 1 is an example to all that believe. This is what I want this church to be is an example. I want this church to be an example to other churches. And I'm telling you, if for no other reason, that's the reason that we at Orchardville Church cannot stop what we're doing or rest on our blessed assurance and figure that this is exactly as far as we're going to go. There are other people and other churches watching what we do, and we need to be an example to those churches. And I am really serious about that. I've already told you a few weeks past about the different churches that are now getting into a CD ministry. Thank God for it. But you know what? They had us an example, and thank God for that. Every time I've ever went on vacation, I always talk Kay into going somewhere where there's a church that I want to go see what that church is doing. I have used other churches as an example. I'm telling you, I know why a lot of churches don't grow. Because the pastor hadn't got enough curiosity to blow up, a, 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 to light a candle, let alone to light up a church. We've got to be curious about the things of God and go after the things of God. I mean, I look at Moses. Moses, when he saw the bush that was burning and wasn't consumed, he didn't go, huh, and walk on down the road and go to 7-Eleven. He said, I'm going to turn aside and see this great sight. That's how I've been most of my life. When it comes to church, I want to turn aside and see that great sight and see what those people are doing. I want to see what's working for them. It might work here. I've used them as a pattern, as a pattern. I was here a few uh, Thursday nights ago, and Kitty Mooney said this. She says, she said this to Carla, and I overheard her. And, and, uh, and, I, and I went back there, and I wrote it down and thought, I can use that at some point in time. Here's what she said. I was tuned in, but I guess I wasn't in tune. I think a whole lot of people in our culture are tuned in to a bad example. They're tuned in to something that maybe they should not be tuned into. But to be in tune 
is to be there hooked up with a good example and to know I'm going to follow after that. I tell you, my, my whole, as far as God calling me, I didn't go hide somewhere and as a monk and think this is all what I know is what those people are going to get. That lasted about five months. What I knew is what Orangeville Church was going to get lasted about five months. And then I'm thinking, well, I know. That's all I know. You know what I had to start doing? I had to start reading a lot of books. I had to start seeing what was going on out there. I had to broaden my horizons. And I think today, if I would have stayed exactly where I was and only preached what, what, oh, what I know, never read anything else, never dive in deep, never, never look to see what somebody else was doing, never go look at another church, never go ask another pastor, I have always been more than willing to go get advice from somebody else. Why should I have to struggle through when somebody else has struggled through and I can go and get what they've got and I don't have to struggle through what they've all struggled through because they've already struggled through it and I don't have to struggle through it. I can just give it to you and there you go. <laughs> well, that's just kind of, that's plagiarizing. No, it's not. If you take somebody's sermon and you preach it, that's plagiarizing. If you take three people's sermons, that's research. So <laughs> to the modified youth, this is what I know. Most people don't follow and cannot really grasp intangibles. That's why, whether it's the mod I say modified youth, basically it's to anybody. I don't try to explain faithfulness to somebody. Show them someone who is faithful. That way they can use that as a pattern. Don't try to ex explain integrity to, to someone, especially to somebody that's a teenager or whatever. Show them somebody that has integrity. That way they can model their life after that person. Teenagers, you have an influence over the ones that are younger than you. Teenagers, if you will start getting in tune to what God wants, if you will start praising God, if you will get water baptized, those that are younger than you will want to do exactly the same thing. Now, does that make sense? Oh, I think it does. I think it does. As a pattern. No, but some teenagers too, they're too uh, cool, they're too whatever. Oh no, I just, I'm just, but let them get at the ball game and boy, that just goes out the window. Seniors, juniors are watching you. Juniors, sophomores are watching you. Sophomores, Freshmen are watching you. Freshmen, eighth graders are watching you. Eighth graders, seventh graders are watching you. Seventh graders, sixth graders are watching you. Sixth graders, fifth graders are watching you. Fifth graders, fourth graders are watching you. Fourth graders, third graders are watching you. Third graders, second graders are watching you. Second graders, first graders are watching you. First graders, kindergarten is watching you. 
Kindergarten, preschool is watching you. Preschool, nurseries are watching you. As a pattern, as a pattern, as a pattern. Every Sunday morning, I am the first one. I don't want anybody to beat me doing this. I'm the first one to pay my tithes. I want to be a pattern to where the preacher ain't just preaching it. He's showing how this thing is to work as a pattern. When I was learning how to shoot a jump shot, and I've got a beautiful jump shot. <laughs> Although you'd be hard-pressed to when I jump to slide a piece of paper underneath my feet. <laughs> or I used to really be able to get off the floor. But I patterned my jump shot after my coach in grade school, Kent Sanders. He had an awesome jump shot. I patterned my free throw shooting ability, which is not near what Mike Bookouts is, I grant you. I patterned it after Calvin Murphy, who played basketball in the NBA. None of this doing this number and then doing all of this, bounce it twice and shoot. He was the best in the league. I thought that's the guy I want to pattern after. Mike Bookout, you guys, anybody playing ball, you ought to go out here, get Mike Book out here in the Ranger building and watch how to shoot a real free throw. All this mumbo-jumbo stuff you're doing, throwing salt and all this, forget all that. <laughs> you watch what Bookout's doing and you can shoot a free throw. In college, he shot 994 out of 1,000. That's right. That's right. Uh, it was, uh, I don't remember now which, which one of uh, Bo and Sherry's girls it was. I don't know, maybe an Emily. Uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I was telling that story, uh, maybe to both of them. Yeah, I was telling that story to both of them. And both them girls, when they heard that, their mouths just went. <laughs> and Dave Orr was sitting next to me, and he goes, oh, good grief, he missed six. <laughs> ah. When I hear Carlin Loker sing, I want to sing like Carlin Loker. I got a pattern. When I hear Rod sing over Centray, I want to sing like Rod Dow. When I hear Short sing, I want to sing like Short. I got a pattern. Everybody's got to have a dream. That's right. <laughs> D.L. Moody said some preachers feel it's undignified to advertise their church service. Now, I'm talking about a pattern here. I've learned from people everywhere. Some preachers feel it's undignified to answer their church services. Moody went on to say, I feel it's even more undignified to preach to empty seats. I like that. I like that. I've learned from that. It's a pattern. I've been losing weight. I've had a pattern. Mike McLean and my wife. I figure, man, they've lost weight. I'm going to lose weight. I've had a pattern. I've had a pattern. Show a picture. We got a picture of dad. We got that? No? Okay. I got a picture of my dad that I brought up here, and Teresa looked at it. It shows him. He's, he's, standing, by, he's standing by a Troy Belt tiller that he just bought. And Teresa Lowe looked, one, uh, looked at that picture and said, 
That's the same smirk you've always got on your face. <laughs> I said, yeah, I've had a pattern. Have a pattern. <clears throat> Be a pattern of being a soul winner. Four men brought a man to Jesus. How'd they do it? They put him on a cot, and they brought him to Jesus. Show that for me if you would, Becky. Thank you very much. They put the man on a cot, and they brought him to Jesus. I've been telling you for the last few weeks about this booklet, and we've got them out there, and I want, we've made them as cheap as we can. We want everybody to get a hold of one of these. You can get them for five bucks right out there at the info desk, right here. Why Jesus Died, and there's a mirror. This is the cot that brings the person to Jesus. Then there are four scriptures that I read. They are the four men that do the heavy lifting. You can't win somebody just with this. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And I show this to people, and this brings them right up to where Jesus is. Why Jesus died, they open that up and they see themselves. Yeah, that is why he died. And then I take them in the book of Romans. I don't use five verses and I don't use six. I use four verses, just like the four strong men that brought the man to Jesus. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, I advise you, don't preach a sermon after each one of these verses. You can expound on it somewhat, but don't preach a sermon after each one of these verses. Tell them that we can use Jesus as the glory of God, and everybody falls short below him. I said, you can always compare yourself to somebody and be better than them. You can always find somebody to do that. But when we compare ourselves to Jesus, he is the glory of God, and we all fall short. Now, I ask you, right out here next to that verse, write 623 right next to that verse. That way you know exactly which verse to go to next. And in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, as another one of these strong men, it's going to say, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I usually use the $20 bill scenario. If I had $20 and I was trying to give it to you, you've got to sooner or later receive it. I could give all my life, but sooner or later, you've got to receive it. Right next to that, write 10, 9. And that will be the next verse that you will go to. And in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And the next verse is verse number 13. Romans 10, verse 13. I love this verse. I love this verse. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
And I tell them, it don't say whosoever shall give a large sum of money. It don't say whoever, whoever, whosoever shall have 25 gold stars for not missing a service. It don't say anything like that. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And here's what they're going to say, and if not say it, they're going to think it. That all sounds really easy. That sounds too easy. And then you tell them it wasn't easy for Jesus. Somebody had to pay for this. Somebody had to pay for it. It wasn't easy for him. All we're doing is receiving and accepting it. Let's all stand. Friday, I went to Doug and Juanita Arbuckle's home. And I am glad to report that using just what I've showed you, this and the four scriptures, Doug Arbuckle was born of God because of the Word of God and the grace of God. And I want to add what made my job even that much easier was a message that they saw by a hammer and nail and uh, a, a skill saw. There was 12 men that came to their house and built them a ramp, and Juanita said, it ain't just a ramp, it's the Cadillac of ramps. And it is real nice. It is real nice. If, how many of you men that helped build that, are you here today? Would you raise your hand? Raise your hand. Right there. Give these guys a round of applause for doing such a good job. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Father, I ask and pray as we give the remainder of this service to you as well. Lord, we ask and pray, Lord, this day, if there's anyone here outside, outside of your grace because of their choice that they've made. Maybe, Lord, that they have chosen a wrong pattern. Maybe they've had a wrong example in their life. But, God, whatever the scenario is, whatever the situation is, I ask and pray, Lord, that you would speak to their heart and let them know that today, today, they can say yes to your amazing grace. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. It's not, it's not who, that, who does real good and who helps someone. As good as that is, God will not be indebted to no one. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. So if you're here this morning and you need Jesus, don't feel backward. I want you to come forward. I want you to pray. There's going to be people praying for you, and you're going to see just how much God has made available to us by His grace. We're going to see that happen today.
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677. I saw Jesus hanging on that tree, lifted up my heart, down on my knees. The day I met Jesus.